Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yes, and for that reason I held my tongue, particularly as I got over the wall near the cottage. Where do you mean? Well, there's a field of corn, nearly ready to be cut near the cottage. It's divided from the garden by a fence. I came along the footpath that leads from the station and jumped the fence. Did you enter Mrs. Loach's grounds? No, I had no right to. I saw a light in the basement, but I did not take much notice. I was too anxious to find the ghost. Well, I ran along the fence, on the fields of corn side, remember, and got over the wall. Then I dodged through the park, scratching myself a lot. I could find nothing. The house seemed quiet enough, so after a quarter of an hour, I had enough of it. I got out over the wall on the other side and came home. I caught a cold which necessitated my wearing a greatcoat the next day. So there you have my ghost hunting, and a fine fool I was to go. I wish you had told me this before, Mallow. If I had, you would have thought I'd killed the old woman. But now I tell you... "'as I want this matter sifted to the bottom. "'I refused to speak before, "'as I didn't wish to be dragged into the case. "'Did you see anything in the cottage? "'Not a thing. "'I saw no one. "'I heard no sound. "'Not even a scream? "'Not even a scream,' said Mallow. "'Had I heard anything, "'I should have gone to see what was the matter.' "'Strange,' murmured Jennings. "'Can't you tell the exact time?' "'Not to a minute. "'It was shortly after ten. "'I can't say how many minutes.' "'Perhaps a quarter of an hour. "'But not suspecting anything was going to happen, "'I didn't look at my watch.' "'Jennings looked thoughtfully at the carpet. "'I wonder if the assassin escaped that way,' he murmured. "'Which way?' "'Over the wall and through the park. "'You see, he could not have gone up the lane "'or through the railway path without stumbling against that policeman, "'but he might have slipped out of the front door at half-past ten "'and climbed as you did over the wall "'to cross the park and drop over the other.' In this way, he would elude the police. Perhaps, said Cuthbert disbelievingly, but it was nearly eleven when I left the park. If anyone had been in my heels, I would have noticed. I am not so sure of that. The park, as you say, is a kind of jungle. The man might have seen you and taken his precautions. Moreover, added the detective, sitting up alertly, he might have written to Miss Saxon, saying he saw you on that night, and she— Bosh! interrupted Mallow roughly. He would give himself away. Not if the letter was anonymous. Perhaps, said the other again, but Basil may have been about the place and accused me. In that case, he must explain his reason for being in the neighbourhood at that hour. But he won't, and you may be sure Miss Saxon, for his sake, will hold her tongue. No, Mallow, someone accuses you to Miss Saxon, Basil or another. If we could only make her speak. Cuthbert shook his head. I fear it's impossible. 
"'Why not let me arrest you?' suggested Jennings, "'and then, if at any time, she would speak.' "'Hang it, no!' cried Mallow in dismay. "'That would be too realistic, Jennings. "'I don't want it known that I was hanging about the place on that night. "'My explanation might not be believed. "'In any case, people would throw mud at me, "'considering I am engaged to the niece of the dead woman.' "'Yes, I can see that. "'Well, Jennings rose and stretched himself. "'I must see what Susan has to say.' "'He glanced at his watch.' She should be here in a few minutes. A silence ensued which was broken by Jennings. Oh, by the way, he said, taking some papers out of his pocket, I looked up the saw case. Well, what about it? asked Cuthbert indolently. Jennings referred to his notes. The saw family, he said, seems to have been a bad lot. There was a mother, a brother, and a daughter. Amelia! Just so. They were all coiners. Somewhere in Hampstead they had a regular factory. Others were mixed up in the matter also, but Mrs. Saul was the head of the gang. Then Amelia grew tired of the lie. I expect it told on her nerves. She went to the concert platform and met Caranby. Then she died, as you know. Afterwards the mother and brother were caught. They bolted. The mother, I believe, died. It was believed she was poisoned for having betrayed secrets. The brother went to jail and got out years afterwards on ticket of leave, and then died also. The rest of the gang were put in jail, but I can't say what became of them. Cuthbert shrugged his shoulders. This does not help us much. No, but it shows you what an escape your uncle had from marrying the woman. I can't understand. No more can Karen be, said Mallow, smiling. He loved Miss Loach, but Amelia exercised a kind of hypnotic influence over him. However, she is dead, and I can see no connection between her and this crime. Well, said Jennings soberly, it appears that some other person besides the mother gave a clue to the breaking up of the gang and the whereabouts of the factory. Supposing that person was Selina Loach, who hated Amelia for having taken Caranby from her, one of the gang, released lately from the prison, may have killed the old lady out of revenge. What, after all these years? Revenge is a passion that grows with years, said Jennings grimly. At all events, I intend to go on ferreting out evidence about this old coining case particularly as there are many false coins circulating now. I should not be surprised to learn that the factory has been set up again. Miss Loach may have known, and— This is all supposition, cried Mallow. I can't see the slightest connection between the coiners and this murder. Besides, it does not explain why Juliet hints at my being implicated. Jennings did not reply. There's the bell, too, he murmured, his eyes on the ground. That might be explained. He looked up briskly. I tell you what, Mallow, this case may turn out to be a bigger thing than either of us suspect. It's quite big enough for me as it is, retorted Cuthbert, although I don't know what you mean. All I desire is to get to the root of the matter and marry Juliet. Find Miss Loach's assassin, Jennings, and don't bother with this dead-and-gone coining case. There's a connection between the two, said Jennings obstinately. It's impossible to say how the connection comes about but I feel that a discovery in one case entails a discovery in the other. If I can prove that Miss Loach was killed by one of the old coiners, what will happen then? I may stumble on the factory that is in existence now. He would have gone on to explain himself more fully, but that Mallow's man entered with the information that a young person was waiting and had asked for Mr. Jennings. Mallow ordered the servant to admit her, and shortly Susan Grant, nervous and blushing, entered the room. "'I am glad to see you,' said Jennings, placing a chair for her. "'This is Mr. Mallow. We wish to ask you a few questions.' 
"'I've seen Mr. Mallow before,' said Susan, gasping and flushing. "'At Rose Cottage?' said Mallow inquiringly. "'No, when I was with Signora Gredos as a parlour-maid.' "'Signora Gredos?' said Jennings, before Cuthbert could speak. "'Do you mean Maraquito?' "'I've heard that her name was Maraquito, sir,' said Susan calmly. "'A lame lady and fond of cards. "'She lives in—I know where she lives,' said Cuthbert, flushing in his turn. "'I went there occasionally to play cards. "'I never saw you.' "'But I saw you, sir,' said the girl fervently. "'Often I have watched you when you thought I wasn't, and—one moment,' said Jennings, interrupting. "'Let's just get to the pith of the matter at once. "'Where did you get Mr. Mallow's portrait?' "'I don't want to say,' murmured the girl. "'But you must say,' said Mallow angrily. "'I order you to confess.' "'I kept silent for your sake, sir,' she said. "'Her eyes filled with tears. "'But if you must know, I took the portrait from Signora Gredos's dressing-room when I left her house, "'and I left it on your account, sir.' she finished defiantly. End of chapter 9 Read by Shirley Anderson